0: Get my nom 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 on with the my talk chicks, and we will eat on eat on the weekly. to Weekly Dish on my talk one i I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Good morning. How, hopefully everybody is having a great day. It's a nice cool fall autumn day for my weather report. Yes. I'm loving it. I do Your know, weather you, report. I won't you,
1: give you a poop report. Thank you.
0: Did you turn your heat on? Here's the question of the hour.
1: Well, okay. This is like a sad statement on the relationship of a man and a woman, Stephanie Hansen and Kurt Johnson. Wow. He has the app on his phone. Oh, right. And he was gone. And I was like, um, hey, could you turn the heat on for me, please? Oh, my God. We did. You did turn it on. Yeah. I did too. And it has that burning feeling, that burning smell that when you first turn it on, it's yeah. sort of like... I had to try. Well,
0: I have radiator heat. So mine was like, oh, we had all the bubble heat. boils. Yeah. Oh, I like you know? that. It was really funny. I really resisted because I am like, it's, it's got to be October before I turn the heat on. But I, and it,
1: it is, I think, going to be a little chilly this week, but then warm up again. We're Wait, not done.
0: No, I know. I think it's going to get up to it's going to go back to 60s. I just don't
1: think we're going to see any more 80s anymore. Oh, no. We're done with that. Kurt passed the magic line like from north to south is Hinkley. Yeah. Kurt passed Hinkley and was like, uh, it's snowing. Oh, no. <laughs> and he said, and it's not no! just snowing a little, like it's kind of a blizzard. Like these weird squalls were coming through. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's cold up north. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I talked to a person who just moved to the Twin Cities and she's like, so I'm thinking I'm going to go up to Duluth and see the leaves in like a couple weeks. I'm like, oh, well, no. um, <laughs> perhaps you should move up your timeline. Do you guys know, you know, that there's that Minnesota Explorer has like a leaf meter. Yes. Where it shows you like where the leaves are. The Leafs. The the Leafs. You know the (laughs) Leafs? So I said, maybe if it's two weeks, you might want to either stay like Twin Cities-ish or start thinking about South. I know.
0: No, I know. We were talking, you know, uh, I was thinking about going up North for MEA, you know, just making, taking like a day trip or something and popping up there. And that's a good idea. But knowing full well that it's very likely that it will be past peak.
1: Yeah. So I would like Ely, honestly, and I'm not even saying at Labor Day, there were trees that were turning. So yeah. I'm going to actually head up there, so I'll let you know what the Leaf situation is.
0: Okay, that's good. Um, So, I was in Wales last week. I know!
1: (laughs) And I, like, okay, because I I travel a lot, and I'm always, like, talking about my excursions. and. I just, okay, I'd never been to Wales, and I cannot wait to talk to you about it. We're going to actually do a segment with you to talk yeah. about it.
0: We're not gonna, yeah, we're not going to, yeah, we're not going to, we're going to hold on. So just hold on for a little while. Longer okay, because I am literally Wales.
1: holding on to the edge of my seat. I'm dying to talk to you.
0: I know, it's and I'm excited to tell you because it was, it was eye-opening and jaw-dropping. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the cookbook swap.
1: We've let's. got
0: that coming up, and I want to make sure that everybody knows to start, if you're starting to go through some of your books and stuff to, You know, or like cleaning your house. I have a couple people. We were all talking about the fact that now that we know we're going to be inside for the next like fall cleaning months. Yeah, it's it's more important than spring cleaning. I think like getting your house set for the occupation.
1: Yeah, uh, Lori Bargini was actually saying like I'm getting everything organized. You know, this is fall. Labor Day happens. you have a couple of extra fall weekends, and then it's like okay, this is really happening. Yeah. I have been saving books since like last year, so I'm really, I've got a good pile and I'm really ready to divest of them. okay. People have been sending emails too, like, I was on Weight Watchers 10 years ago, can I bring those books? And I said, I hate to be the cookbook Grinch, yeah. but no, because they changed their plans, so that's yeah. not super helpful to anybody. Yeah. Um, Books you don't use, books that you like. I got some books at the swap two years ago that I haven't really opened, so I'll probably bring those back just because I thought I wanted them, but then in retrospect, they're taking up space on my shelf. Uh huh. Um, I know.
0: I bought some. I think I got some uh, last year that I just bought for kitsch value. Yeah. Or I just grabbed for kitsch value, and I was like, "Why? Why did I do that?" That's exactly why I'm putting things in there because I do swap.
1: Yeah. But that's the beauty of the swap, right? You're swapping. It's very low pressure. You're yeah. swapping. You're old, bringing in new. Swap a swap a rama, right? Right,
0: really, it is a refresh for your cookbook shelf. It's really a way to get space, and of course, this is all for charity. Let's not forget the most important part of this is that uh, any of the unused, any of the unnon snagged books we're going to give away to Arcs Valley Village, yep. and the proceeds for all of the ticket prices and everything else goes to Second Harvest Heartland. That's right, so we don't nobody makes a dime off of it, we just kind of want to gather and hang out, and it's a good time. It's, it's a good time, yeah. We have some
1: um, Café Barbette and uh, the Kim Bartman restaurants. There's a bunch from The Bird. Yes. uh, They sent us some. Book club. Yeah. They sent us some gift cards for the raffle. So that's exciting.
0: Yeah. And that's because and they are having their own book club you know, or book swap thing too. And so, cause we're just brilliant that we started the thought of all yeah, this, you but know, we want to share and we want to make it accessible for everybody. So if you miss ours, you can always make sure to check out theirs. I don't know when theirs is exactly.
1: I don't know either, but I will know by the time we get closer, right? Get your tickets too, because we have a limited amount of space, right? We can only have <coughs> uh, about 75 people we think in that space mm-hmm. and um, it is filling up. So yeah.
0: So definitely do that. Um would this week? That was really good.
1: Uh, you ate a lot of stuff. I did eat a lot of stuff. It was a big week. It was a big week. Um, I think I my one of my favorite things I ate this week. Yeah, we had the opening of Red Rabbit St. Paul. They did a media preview. They are officially open on October second, Tuesday. Um, they have a dish that they had at the Red Rabbit Minneapolis this summer that was a little just different, but they're clams. That's what I had last night. Oh, they're so delicious. Linguini the, with clams. The That's the what we're talking pasta is about. just great.
0: So last night I snuck in there. They had a mock service. And because I missed all the parties being out of town, I, uh, I popped in and sat at a table. And it just was, it was just lovely. But I ordered the clams. What's funny is I ordered the bolognese first because I'm a sucker for bolo. Yeah. And then I thought, and then somebody else ordered the clams. I was like, oh, wait, there's clams. <laughs> and I ordered the linguini with clams. And it was, it has pork with it, which is not... Something that
1: I normally expect. Like bacon? Yeah.
0: No, it had like, well, I mean,
1: it had chunks of... Is it guanciale? Is that how you say it? I think
0: it's like braised pork. I think it's like little bits of crispy pork shoulder.
1: I could taste the pork, but I just assumed it was like bacon or guanciale. no,
0: I didn't think so. Now that we're saying that, I feel like it was was really dark and I was talking a lot. So I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't formally judging it. So I was just putting it in my face. But it was. Um, I just thought it was really. It was really, you know, kind of sometimes vongole, which is the technical, you know, the name of Italian fettuccine kind of, and or linguine and clams is called vongole. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, that's a very lemony, very bright, very light kind of thing. And this was still. It still had the lightness of it, but it had just a little bit of earthy with the pork. I thought that was a really nice touch.
1: Um, did you have the risotto with the veal cheeks? I
0: took a bite of somebody's risotto.
1: They make the best risotto there. That was it's really like. Good and and some of this is just technique that if you i mean risotto is good even if it's cooked overcooked because it's just soupy cheesy yummy rice <laughs> really i mean but if you get like real technique risotto where the tooth of the the arborio rice you can mm-hmm. really feel it and it's just not um mushy and it's
0: the last batch i did at home was a little bit too like gummy yeah I don't know what I did to it and I don't it might have been the brand of rice I might have picked up a different arboreal yeah sometimes 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 the carnaroli is better and I just think I used the wrong and I just I don't know I just I don't know what I did to it
1: the risotto there with the beef cheek here's what I'm gonna tell you people beef cheek because that sound or veal cheek it sounds like scary think just pot roast yeah it (laughs) is because that's the texture and the taste it's just this really delicious kind of highly fatty yummy braised broken down piece of delicious beef.
0: The cheeks are honestly of most animals per, are really like, it's weird because we were thinking of eating face. I think that's the yeah. hard part. People kind of <laughs> go weird on that. And that's like, you know, because huh? if you dig out, you know, on a pig head, you know, when you have one of those and you dig yes. the, the, the cheeks, it's delicious and amazing. But there's a moment where you're like, I'm eating cheeks. Place. And when you eat pork cheeks, they
1: really kind of look like pork cheeks. If you're digging it out of a head, yeah. it is that's for sure. And how I always feel you're going to laugh at this when you eat walleye cheeks and you get a dish of walleye cheeks and there's like 20 cheeks. Yeah. I'm thinking like, wow, that's 10 fish that died for this portion. You know, <laughs> well, hopefully I feel kind of well, like fingers And they don't have <laughs> fingers
0: also. I know, it's the thing. Well, the halibut cheeks, you know, those are huge fish. And so that's always...
1: Oh, that's, that's good to... Yeah, I never thought about it in that way. Because yeah. I would be like, oh, there's four pieces, there's yeah. four dead fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense, I know. Do you have...
0: I have to say, I have no... I was on this trip that we're going to talk about in a minute. We, you know, I was with a couple of journalists who were... You know, I, we were, there were so many sheep. I can't even tell you that they were everywhere. And I kept going mutton, you know, or lamb stew every time we passed it. And there, I literally freaked one of the girls out, I think, because I kept, because I kept saying like, look at the hamburger, you know, when I was talking about animals Yeah. and they were like, I just can't do that sort of translation. I'm like, eh,
1: you got to get into it. You got to get used to it. I went to my friend Miles and Sue's farm last weekend and he sous vide a leg of lamb Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's sous vide everything. So Is he? Because he's a fun. boy. And, and he boys just, are all sous like everything. Gear. Yeah. It was really a different way to prepare it because it was the same temperature throughout and it was real rare. Oh. And I like rare lamb. Yeah. But I even, like, my husband was like, oh, we may need to just, like, pop that put in the that- <laughs> He's like, I. that piece is like, I feel like it's going to get up and walk away. Yeah, like there's a point where you're like, I think that needs to go in. So we ended up just putting it in a little roasty yeah. for just a few minutes. That would be lovely. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, He browned it afterwards because sous vide gives it no color. It's no. gray.
0: It's, it's very
1: strange looking, yeah. but it's delicious. And he's like sous vide.
0: You actually want to broil that for like a hot second, don't
1: you? And he had, Okay, but it still, still. it was 165 degrees throughout or whatever the temperature was, but yeah. it was very wiggly.
0: Okay. We're going to leave you with some Wiggly Lamb. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about whales. We're going to talk about fall restaurant openings. We're going to have later in the hour. In the next hour, we have Tim McKee, who's going to be in the studio talking about National Seafood Month. Got a lot of great stuff, so stay tuned. This is The Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are uh, hanging out with you this Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, So, I was in Wales last
1: week. Let's just do a geography lesson for Hanson. Let's do it. Is
0: Wales next to Britain? Okay, Britain is actually the entire UK is Britain. Got it. So then you have Scotland, Ireland, you have England and Wales. Okay. And so England and Wales is like at the tip of England. It's like a little like country kind of off to the side and on the sea. And its own country. It's its own country. They will tell you. They are not the biggest fans of England, I will tell you. <laughs> they are not, you know, like, it's really funny because they're kind of, like you say, you, because I think because they keep getting people assume that they're English and they're not. And they're very much like, no, we are Welsh. And
1: we are, you know, they, they are a very proud, strong country. How many people are there? Do you know?
0: I don't. I don't have that number. But I've, it's not big.
1: Is it like a, like. It's like Wisconsin. I would, thank you. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> thank you.
0: We drove all around the country in the week that we drove. And I mean, it was never more than like two hours here or two hours there. Kind of a thing. I, from town to
1: town. Your pictures on Instagram were beautiful. Like I love that super lush, by the sea, yeah. windswept yeah. kind of feeling.
0: Well, and I just so you guys know, if you didn't see, because I didn't actually put them on Instagram, they were on the stories part of Instagram, you oh, know? Mm-hmm. So if you want to, to see them, you can actually, I've put them, I've saved them in the highlights section. So you can go through and go to my uh, my page, I guess, and find the highlights, and you can click through and watch all the whales' stuff every That's day. Stephanie March is and, her address. Yeah, and every day I went and looked, and every day I compiled... The, the photos at the end of the day. So I could make sure that I had, was telling a good story.
1: Um, w- did you have any expectation when you went there? So
0: I've never been to Wales and I have only been to London in the UK before. Okay. And I've only been to London for, you know, a very short amount of time and I never got to go outside and, you know, kind of, you know, I was there for a very short time. And so I had no expectation. I didn't really know my mother and her friends had been in Wales recently. Um, and so my mom brought me back a puffin, I believe, from there. Yeah. And so I was thinking, maybe we'll see puffins. What's a puffin? A puffin is a penguin, and they they live, you know, because it's a very seaside place, and they have all this rocky terrain. We were outside of puffin season, unfortunately, but uh, nonetheless, it was sort of celebrating. The tour was sort of celebrating the year of the sea, and so I knew that we would be coastal most of the time. Um, but it was it was beyond the way that the way that it the way that we sort of saw the entire country in those few days. Was just the the changes and like the topography and and the progression. It I mean it was just sort of outst- it was just I didn't realize how rustic it was. Uh huh. So what we did was we flew into Heathrow, which is in England. Yep. And then we drove to Cardiff, which is their main capital city. And this is. A city, you know, it's like yeah. it's like a it's not like a huge city, skyscrapers and such, but it is it is their biggest city, a
1: European city. Yeah,
0: I mean, and there's a massive castle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we should start everything because there in that small country there are
1: 641 castles. Which, if you're by the sea like that, those castles were used to fortify yeah. them against people invading their country. Right.
0: It was completely strategic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and they've all just kept so well. That's the crazy part. So. We, um, so we, we drove into Cardiff and we kind of ran around the castle grounds. And we learned all about, you know, the invaders and, and even like what happened during the war, during World War Two and all this kind of great stuff. And then, and it was a, it's kind of a university town too. So, you know, there were people out and about later at night and, you know, midnight there was, it was just like a normal, really awesome, like, you know, a bustling place. Yeah, yeah. it was. The shops everywhere, TK Max instead of TJ Maxx, just to be clear we asked our guy we were like why is it tj Maxx?" or why is it why is your tj Maxx tk Maxx?" he goes why is your tk max tj max we're like okay good point good point
1: yeah we're just americans weird how when you're traveling like that when you see something familiar yeah you're like oh burger king like i, know. I could care less if no. i drove by 10 at home but right. something about like seeing something familiar is yeah. funny yeah
0: well, and we were joking about that because we were saying the only reason we would ever go into like a McDonald's and because we were at a rest stop and there was a Burger King there and a <gasps> McDonald's, but we were saying that the only reason we would ever go is if you knew that there was something specific. European options, yes, that you could. So we did kind of look at like the. You know, the offerings, but there was nothing that... At that point, we were not really up for that. But So, we had some lovely... So, in Cardiff, we had a lovely night. We had a great dinner in an old church, a restaurant that had come out of, like, a 17th century church. Uh, And then we found a speakeasy. You know, we went to this little basement place called the Dead Canary, which was brilliant. You know, it just felt like... It felt like the right kind of cool things, and they had all these great drinks, and it was just totally fun and very cool. So, then we get in the car the next day, and we basically drive you know and so because this was an adventure uh sort of tour you know what was on tap was we took a very we took a cool speedboat ride in uh-huh. the morning in cardiff and that was very cool and then we headed off to do you know basically we did things like uh we did uh co-steering which is the number one thing i want to tell you about because if you've heard of canyoneering or canyoning you know and in sort of the southern south uh Uh, United States like in the desert where they kind of like go through canyons and everything with a guide. Yeah, this was co-steering and we did it. (laughs) We basically donned wetsuits and tennis shoes and you know, a helmet and we got into the um, ocean you
1: know, or into the sea where it was like all the rocks and everything else. Oh, so you went in between like the, where the waves are crashing into the rocks Yes, where it's creating the crevices and
0: And caves and all this stuff. And we were climbing up and down rocks and on ridges and, and there was just crazy waves crashing in and we were trying to swim against them and swim with them. And it was like, at one point I was like, this looks like an ad for what not to do. Like (laughs) this is the moment that you should be saying, wait a minute, don't do this. When you're
1: getting smashed up against like waves are taking over and smashing you up against rocks, I can totally see how that would feel very uncomfortable.
0: Yes, you were just like, (laughs) this seems like a warning like video should be happening right now. Like everything in Baywatch ever told me this was not okay. So we ended up, but I mean, it was, it was marvelous. And we had these two guides and they were, they were, they were fantastic. And they got us to jump off, you know, some rocks. First we slid down. We had like a natural slide. We slid down. Then we jumped off a little one and then they took us a little higher and we jumped off that one. And then they took us to the five meter mark and we jumped off that. And that was like, Whoo! how many feet is that? That's about, it's like 16 feet or so. Oh, but then they said, okay, who wants to go one more higher? And so this guy, Joe and I, we ended up going up to uh, to the six meter mark, which is about 20 feet and jumping down. And that was where I was like, oh my God, like seriously, it was crazy. And so I did it. I'm glad you did. I did. And I kind of, I bonked my eye a little bit on the water, which gave me a little bit of a black eye. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's water. That's, I mean, like it's tough. Yeah. But In all in all, I think, so then from there, that was in St. David's, and we had walked on these gorgeous cliffs, and we stood by the sea, and the wind was incredible. We did get a little bit of the backlash of the hurricane, Mm -hmm. so we ended up at this beach. We were at this beach where, you know, Dobby is buried in the movie Deathly Hallows, Harry Potter, Okay, and we it was like this pilgrimage to get to this place where you could take a picture, and it would be like Dobby's grave, right? I have never... Had so much. I have never been in a windstorm like that before. <laughs> that was trying to kill you because of the sand. Basically, we we came up over a ridge in the dunes, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my god!" And I had to put my yeah my jacket up and my glasses on the because the wind is just
1: and the sand is pelting you. It's pelting you. It's it hurting. is like
0: carving into yep. your skin. I mean, it was a great facial slough <laughs> off, I think, but. It was, it was magical. You know what I mean? The whole thing. And then from there we drove into the North. We drove into Snowdonia, which is, uh, the Northern region, which is a huge national park. And it's just mountains and mist and, and plains and marshes and sands. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And like the hiking and the walking and the everything, the country is full of people who just want to be outside.
1: And what were you eating?
0: So funny enough, I mean, we didn't really eat that much. Like we didn't, it wasn't a food tour. So it, The places I would have picked, we didn't get to go. But there's a lot of interesting things they do a lot with um, sea kelp, you know. So they have seven kinds of of seaweed that kind of grow. I think it was seven kinds that grow in the area. And they have this amazing, well, they have this thing called lava bread, which is sort of a soupy. I was telling you to McKee about it. It's kind of this soupy seaweed mix that you basically spread onto bread. And it was, it's kind of earthy, but it's fishy a little bit too. Huh. But it's very, I mean, it's very good. It's just very umami Yeah. And then there was a rum called the Barty D Rum, which Black Bart was a Welsh pirate and the most successful pirate in the age of, you know, of, of pirating, pirating I guess. And he was Welsh and he, so there's this rum named after him and it's the seaweed infused rum and it's. It's just so different. Like briny almost. Yeah, a little bit, a little earthy. You get Uh like a little earthiness to it. And I just, all of that, you know, and then we had some, we have some dried seaweed that we are, salt that I'm going to sprinkle on eggs and things like that. It's just, it was very cool. And the fish was wonderful. There's a lot of fresh fish. You know, I ate a lot of snapper and halibut, which was caught right, you know, in Mm -hmm. the towns we were in. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, 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 here's, here's to, to kind of like nut it up. I think Wales surprised me on all levels because really I feel like I kind of thought a lot of people go there to find their heritage, right? They kind of trace, you know, they show up there because there's something Welsh in their background and they kind of want to discover. Yeah. I think the place, the beachside towns, the surfing the the whitewater rafting, I think this is kind of one of those places where I think it could be the next
1: discovery. Yeah, of like the, the next Reykjavik, the next exactly. Iceland, the adventure tour place. Exactly. Because cool. there's
0: so much beauty, there's so much natural beauty, and their their infrastructure is built for tourism. There's so much
1: camping. People camp all over People the camp all over Europe. Yeah. You can't believe the camping that happens out there. The it's truck crazy. camping like you guys do. Yeah, and you can't get like those cars here, like the Vanigans no. and the camper vans. No. They don't make those or have those in the United States.
0: No, and you can rent castles. I mean, there's a castle, there's a hotel castle that sleeps about between 8 and 12 people, I think, and... And uh, and if you're interested, literally, it's by St David's. I will send you the link to it because it's the the hotel company is beautiful. But they, you can rent the castle. You know, a lot of people, people.
1: rich people that I know, do these for family reunions where they like bring their whole extended family and they stay in a castle somewhere.
0: I was like, let's go for my 50th. Let's all go back to (laughs) Wales and hang out, rent a castle. I'm in. Do you know? Do date tours and stuff. Although here's the deal, guys. I don't know how we're all going to drive because you're going to have to hire Sean, who is was our driver, because quite honestly. We were on roads. The hedge game is super strong, and then you have to try to fit these vans and these cars on the same road that basically looks like your driveway. And it's like they make it work, and I just don't think. And they drive on the left.
1: Yeah, it's nerve wracking driving so, in Europe. Anyway, can't do it.
0: Anyway, reach out to me, you guys, if you want any information about any of the places I stayed. You know, this is going to be a Delta Sky uh, piece that we're going to do that I'm going to write it up for. So I don't know exactly when that's coming out, but if you f- feel like you're going to go to Wales, let me know. And what I'll... about cheese? Oh God. The cheese is amazing. Because so many sheep. So many sheep. Uh, There's a Snowdonia Cheese Company, the Welsh Cheddar. It's like an aged, mature cheddar. I basically smuggled it in. No, I didn't. You can't. But yes, I did. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. And the
1: dog didn't sit next to your bag? No. You're so lucky. I did not. I tried to bring home foie gras from Paris and the dog sat right down and they rummaged through with my little can. And did you know you couldn't have this? I was like, no. I don't, I don't necessarily know anything and I don't, I'm not admitting to
0: anything. All Jeez. I know is I also brought a lot of chocolate back too. All right, kids. That's about it. That's Wales. Yeah. Chocolate too. Yeah. I sea salt, sea salt, caramel chocolate. And they had a bunch of chocolate bars. Like real sea salt. Yeah. Yum. Oh, and sea salt. I brought back sea salt too. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to have some fun like dribs and drabs when we come back. Yep.
1: Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie March. And you can always find pictures and things that we're sharing. You can find Stephanie March on Instagram at Steph March. I am at Stephanie's Dish. And if you guys want to follow us, you'll see pretty much everything we're eating for the most part. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter at Stephanie's Dish, at Steph March, and we have a Facebook page for Weekly Dish, where if we share things that we've talked about on the show, like last weekend, Elizabeth Reese talked about her favorite kielbasa, and we, she couldn't remember the name of it, so I posted it on the show page on Facebook later. And then at mytalk 1071, too, there's links to things that we talk about. So um, we're going to do a little segment that we just call Stephanie's Dribs and Drabs.
0: Anything else you need to talk about?
1: Time once again for Stephanie Hansen's Dribs and Drabs. I mean, it's all kind of little dribs and drabs. Dribs and drabs. Huh. Dribs and drabs. <laughs> Our friend Rocco put oh that my together. Oh, that's so funny. All right. So, the dribs and drabs are just like not things that take up a whole segment, but things I just want to share with you or talk about. So, Stephanie, you, I know, have been to the Red Barn Farm in Northfield, Minnesota. Yeah. This is a pizza. It's a red barn that had been in a family gener. It's fourth generation, and they fixed up the barn and they were doing weddings and they had a a pizza, a brick oven pizza. And when we had those crazy uh, storms like two weeks ago, with all the rain that just poured down, oh my god! A tornado actually came and flattened the red barn farm. Oh no! Look at these picture stuff. I'll look it up. I got it. Um, Oh, so a lot of people that have been going to this farm were really sad. They have a gigantic GoFundMe goal of $200,000. Their campaign is at 19 so far. And I just wanted to highlight that if anybody has um, been to the pizza farm, it's the winter family. Um, They're a very selfless family that goes out of their way to help anyone need in their town. The Red Barn had weddings booked for two years and they aren't able to fulfill any of that. They've won countless awards for their beloved brick oven pizza restaurant that they did out of there. And we're gonna just put a link up if you are feeling generous and wanna help this family out. It was just kind of sad.
0: Yeah. They're Um, twenty thousand. They're basically nineteen thousand right now, but they need two hundred thousand. So yeah. If we could give them a little push, that would be great. Twenty bucks. You know what? Twenty bucks is an easy
1: gift, And for that family would mean a lot. Yeah. They were just talking about how they had just redone their commercial kitchen.
0: Oh, no. Like they've sunk
1: everything they have into this family business because it's fourth generation barn. And it's just it's flattened. So, I mean, I assume they have some insurance, but that doesn't go all the way. No, it does not. Right. It does not. And sometimes your insurance, too. Like, I don't know, we have insurance at the cabin. It wouldn't even, we couldn't even rebuild for what we're insured for. And we've tried to up it and you just can't. Mm. Um, Some of these outlying properties, they're only going to give you X amount. It's hard to insure your whole business, right? You're just insuring a building. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's sad. On a more happier note, a full lineup of Nordic authors and chefs are coming to the Twin Cities this fall. Yes. Yes. So, uh, big news was that our state is going to be overrun with culinary artists that feature northern food, Rene Redzepi, chef and owner of Noma in Copenhagen, and Magnus Nilsson of Favichen Magassassi in Sweden. You can say Favikan. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be dropping by the Twin Cities to promote new books and all things Nordic. There is going to be a Nordic Table Chef Series put on by the American Swedish Institute, and there'll be speakers at Cooks of Crocus Hill. Um, This is all going to be happening pretty much throughout the month of October and then into the beginning of November. So we'll put a link up to a list of all the Nordic happenings, but... I really, it's fun to see the Nordic cuisine getting its day. I am Swedish, Norwegian person.
0: Uh, To let you guys know, we also have, do you remember Trina Hahnemann? She was on last year and she had that Swedish cooking, Swedish baking book. Yes, I do. Remember her? She came on, she's going to come on again. And she has a new Copenhagen book. Oh, neat. So I thought we could talk to her about kind of, she's coming to town. And so she's going to be on the 20th. And then on on October 20th, she's going to call in and then she's going to be here that week. Oh,
1: great. So there's like
0: a lot of crazy October (laughs) Nordic happenings. Our
1: Nordic food geek, um, Patrice Johnson, who's a local cookbook author who listens to the show every week. She's so hilarious. I was looking at her Instagram yesterday, Stephanie. She's somewhere in Nordic promoting her book, I would assume. Yeah. And they had two little children dressed up as um, Lutefisk. Oh, they were like in these very weird fish looking lutefisk costumes. costumes. Yes.
0: (laughs) How do you just yellow and buttery looking? No, they were great. They were like, it was just
1: kind of hideously funny. Look up her Instagram Nordic food geek. It was just kind of entertaining. Yeah. Um, all right. So we talked about, I did a lot of eating this week without you. You did. I did. Uh, because you were gone and somebody had to do it. So we talked about that Red Cow St. Paul. We went there mm-hmm. and they're going to be opening on Tuesday, October 2nd. And it's really airy in there. It's a big space. They've mm-hmm. got parking. Um, they're going to have out, they have an outdoor patio with a fire.
0: To be clear, you guys, this was the wild onion space that if you've been in it, by dance floor. Oh. I got to tell you, that place smelled bad. It was bad. It smelled really bad in there. And we would go there for the for the soup stop, you know, the Grand Avenue, you mm-hmm. know, meander. And we'd do the soup competition. We'd always stop in there. I'd always order Jameson shots for everybody because that seemed appropriate. And it was, oh, it just was like it had that funky old restaurant, like, black water smell. Yes. You know, <laughs> no matter what, it was like, did you just want, did you just, like, dirty mop the floors? Because yes. that's what it smells like in here but they have gutted it. It is gutted and you know the bar is still in the place where it was. It's in the front when you walk in. And a big horseshoe bar. Yeah, but they sort of really redid the whole thing and it's just it's just it's really it's got a nice feel to it.
1: And it's feel it feels like um the only other place that really is like this on Grand Avenue is sort of Billy's where you know, kind of sports bar-y, kind of families can eat there too, kind of you could go there for a girlfriend gathering, like it really encompasses a lot of that. They do have TVs at the bar, so that'll be yeah. appealing for some folks. Yep. Um, But yet you could tuck away in a corner with your family and have a great family meal. I mean, obviously they do wonderful pizza the sausage there they make their own sausage and it is so good i
0: did eat a sal- a slice of that salami pizza Yum. and that was pretty decent
1: um another thing i just wanted to mention is femas is open in downtown minneapolis yep. we had a little bit of a preview there um patrick how do you say his last name Stephanie? anna Anna an italian did huh? i say that right antalian Um, He is the chef there, and he came from Sanctuary, which was a very romantic uh, favorite that's still open, but he's just not the chef there anymore. So he's over at FEMA's. They're in the old uh, Scotty's, Il Foro. It's a a restaurant that's had a long history. It looks beautiful in there. They did a really good job. The restoration, uh, it's a hard restaurant to, I think, Because you've got all this beautiful deco that really is the star of the show, so how do you decorate the rest of it without overpowering the deco ness of it? So they did a good job. Yeah, they did. They've got a lot of these like round. They call them kissing booths, and then they have like curtains they can pull.
0: Is it on the sides or is it in the middle? Yeah, along the sides. So that's interesting. I mean, like, how much did they change with the bar area? Did they? They moved
1: the bar. They did. Yeah, and it's moved up front. And it's still. But that's what it was at El Foro. It was kind of up front. And then on the sides, there are um, booths with these kissing windows. I'm interested windows. to see what that's all about.
0: They- Everyone who's done it has done a little something different with yeah. the bar area. So I think that's the only thing you can really move either.
1: Um, I wasn't able to eat a ton of food, but the food that I ate was good. You know, there was a gnocchi that was really good. They're doing, they're really big on the craft cocktails over there. They've got every single kind of ice Minnesota ice makes, you know, the spheres, the squares, the bartenders are all ablaze about lighting things on fire these days. Right. Saging drinks. They had a rosemary drink that they lit on fire. And I kind of was teasing the bartender. I'm like, oh yeah, you're one of those starting things on fire. He's like, well... Rosemary emits an oil, but you can't get the flavor of rosemary unless it's cooked. So I was like, huh, okay, that's interesting. Huh. So that was that. Really? Yeah,
0: you that's get, what he said. I, that's not true. Well, <laughs> maybe a fuller flavor, but you know, I mean, you can chop rosemary out and spread it, sprinkle it on your stuff you and you can
1: taste it. I just drank the drink and was like, okay, this is nice. Yay. One story that I thought was sort of cute is that, um, David Fema, when he came to America, because he's from France, he brought his sourdough starter that it was his mom's. I will tell you that FEMA is a spectacular baker. And it's still here. Like, he was like, taste this bread, taste this bread. That sourdough bread that they're serving in their bread basket was really quite incredible. Yeah. And he was so proud of it. It was fun.
0: You know, let's have a moment to be honest about some stuff with that. This is going to be challenging. I mean, like, oh, yeah, the challenge is that FEMA has, you know, opened and closed a bunch of restaurants yep. in his lifetime here. Um, He's been successful at some and not successful at others. The space itself has been opened and closed a number of times in the last decade and has been, you know, not really been successful yet. I'm just really hoping that this is sort of this, you know, really good marriage that has that can come together and really make it bloom. It
1: seemed like it.
0: Okay, I'm I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm I and I need to kind of go in and check it out. It's just that I sort of have had my heart broken a bunch of times. You know what I mean? And you get a little bit, you get a little bit. I was kind of
1: surprised how optimistic I felt, to be honest. Okay. Um, Last, but certainly not least, because I want you guys to do this. I went to a dinner. It was a Sunday supper. It's called Sabra Mesa. I'm not sure that means something, but I don't know what it means. Basically, (laughs) this was, um, it was a dinner that was in someone's actual home. And I bought a ticket for a friend and I. We went to the dinner. It was last night. There were eight of us there. We ate this. There were only eight of you there? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize it was that small. Yes. In someone else's home, we had, here was our menu. We had a lime soup. We had what they called communal Tacos with squid ink tortillas, curried cauliflower, cilantro, and then these delicious um, pickles, chocolate avocado pudding. We had wine pairings. We had cocktail pairing. This is like me and my friend with eight people. I happen to know one. But there was two couples there, uh, Jeff and Jen. I actually took notes, um, were one of the couples. And then another uh, two women that both work at Target that have just moved here. Yeah. Erica and Mm Davinia, was how you say her name? It was just amazing. It was the best, most funnest dinner uh, the food was great. It's super fun. To it's just, a traveling it, dinner party. So yeah, it's only and they was do it all over the United night. States, at right. different states, at different homes. There's doing another one November 8th. I'll put a link up to get tickets. It was really fun. It was in our friend Joseph and Liz's house, which is a rehab that they're doing. It was just a wonderful night. In my story on Instagram, you can see a video that I okay, did. good. Because it was great. I want to see it. So check that out. Okay. We'll be right back. We'll be right back
0: hey everybody welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us today this is the ask stephanie portion of the show so if you guys have anything you want to ask us you want to get some comments out there just give us a call 651-641-1071 and of course you can always send us a little note on the twitters or you can uh, send us an email through the show page and we'll try to get it it may not happen right as we're in this portion of the segment but we can uh you know we can do what we can So again, 651-641-1071. If you guys want to have, we do have a couple questions that were pulled from the emails earlier this week. Um, You have one that says uh, talking about, I know you guys talked about the beef, the bone broth last week, you and Elizabeth. That seems to have gotten a lot of people interested in things. Um, and this woman was asking where, or this person was asking where she can get grass-fed knuckle bones.
1: Yeah, apparently, um, grass-fed the knuckle bone is like where there's all this delicious collagen, the collagen. for the bone broth for beef. Mm. So she wanted to know where to get these um knuckle bones. She said she found a good um recipe for bone broth in Laura Prepon's uh The Stash Plan Cookbook. Okay, which. I feel nervous about recommending her because she's a Scientologist. However,
0: (laughs) is she from that 70s show? Is that where I know her? Yes.
1: Um, She's also married to Ben Foster, the actor, who's also a Scientologist. But that aside, (laughs) Um, Clancy's Meat Market has these grass fed knuckle bones. Lowry Hill Meats has them. Also, Petite Pastures is a grass fed farm and they can get them together for you um so also grass-fed cattle company in edina did you yeah. know that about that yep. place that's yep. pretty cool it's right over by luns yeah so those are four places where if you're trying okay. to source beef knuckle bones you can
0: that's awesome um hey you guys remember 651-641-1071 if you want to give us a call i also wanted to shout out you guys letting you know that on the facebook page we do have a question of the day which is asking you about what your favorite apple orchards are. And so if you want to pop over there and give us your opinion, we're going to talk about those in the top two in hour two. So we're looking for your best and favorite, uh, you know, kind of apple orchards because it is the season and today's a good day. Apparently it's going to rain a little bit tomorrow. Not sure. Um, we have a couple other questions. Sure, uh, sure, let's sure. see which other one did you have? Uh, okay, she's trying to find someone's trying to find a private dining experience or private cocktail class for my anniversary. Do you know of any restaurants that do a chef's table for two? I've only been able to find for groups. I did something similar in Vegas where the chef comes and talks to you about each course in a preset meal, preferably with wine pairing. Sometimes you you uh, are in the kitchen. If not possible, then wondering if any places do a private cocktail class where they could get behind the bar and, bar and learn how to make a few fancy drinks. While she <laughs> leans back and
1: casually sips, yeah. I love that. There are cocktail classes, obviously All over. And Everybody does like them. Jason Coulson could come and do something in your home. Yeah, if you, I was trying to like that kind of experience and it's not like one-on-one, but Rob Jones at Spoon and Stable, if you can go there on a, like not a Saturday night, obviously. Yeah.
0: She looks like she's trying to schedule on a Saturday before Hamilton tickets.
1: Yeah. Which that I, is
0: really going to be tough. It's a tall order. It's a tall order. Here's what I'm going to tell you about this though. Your chef's table situation, you could do the one in the Cosmos kitchen. Tim Fisher is, is it Cosmos still? Yeah. Is it, okay. Just checking all of a sudden that made me worried. Um, their kitchen it's right in the kitchen you can have it for two i mean like it's you'd sit at a little bit of a bigger table but you can absolutely book it for two
1: mercy minneapolis has a kitchen table too i just saw it yep and then femas has one too
0: oh perfect when i went
1: into the kitchen he was like here's our
0: kitchen's table this is true i forgot that that has that was built in a long time ago Yeah. So that's a really and you I mean, yeah, there are going to be there are going to be made for groups, but you can definitely book it for two. It's just maybe a little bit more expensive.
1: Uh, Here's a quick question. Uh, Anywhere in Stillwater, you'd recommend something that's not too fancy, but somewhere you wouldn't take kids. We hardly hardly ever get out. So we wanted it to be a good date night. Thanks in advance.
0: Um, Yeah, I would say go to Pearl and the Thief. That
1: was in the Laura Hotel, right? No,
0: no, no. That is Justin Sutherland's restaurant down the street. Oh, I
1: thought it was in Laura. No, no, no. Okay. Laura
0: has a two has a restaurant and a bar. The restaurant is called Feller, and the bar is called The Long Goodbye, and that is lovely too. And those are both of those situations are great. And you can they're a little bit up, you know, they're a little bit you know kind of adult and fun, but they're not by any means uh, super fancy. Okay, I think Pearl and the Thief is a little bit more fun. You know, I think it's got a little bit more of a bar jazzy vibe. Is it
1: um what's his name? Um Johnny Michael's there too. I don't know for sure about that. Yeah, I think he started He's at
0: Laura. <laughs> okay. So there you go. All right everybody well